Blog Talk Radio. This episode of Kimberly's Intentional Moment is brought to you by the Seika Network on Blog Talk Radio. Well, good morning. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. How are you? Take a moment. Take a deep breath in. A deep breath out. And just notice, because I actually do care that you check in with how you're actually feeling. And you're noticing, yes, mentally how you're feeling, but physically, energetically, are you low on energy? Are you high on energy? Can you not even feel your body? Those things matter. And checking in with those regularly throughout the day help you manage difficult situations as well as enjoy fabulous ones and give you the strength to move to the next whatever it is you're going to do next, and and help you make decisions on whether you should move on to the next. So I really do care when I say, how are you? Um, and I want you to check in with yourself and answer that question for yourself. Happy Equinox. I figure with a new season, you know, and and therefore a new day, we also have a new moment. We might as well... Look at what is it that we can do to become more aware of how we handle life, how we walk through life. Are we actually living? Are we merely existing? Um, And you've heard me say that before, truly living versus merely existing. This show is about truly living. And uh, even if sometimes it feels like you have to merely exist just to pull through, Before we head into today's show, I just wanted to uh, say I hope you enjoyed the rebroadcast of sportsmanship and the practice last week because I figure with football season starting, even though it's not my favorite sport, sorry guys, but it's just not, uh, American football, um, a lot of people really like it and it just seems obvious to me that when we're talking about this truly living and living in a space of love or peace, that we're paying attention to whether we're using good sportsmanship in our lives or not because life is kind of like sport. You know, you win some, you lose some. Um, It can be a really difficult game where you're falling down all the time and you feel like you're doing all the wrong moves. Or it could be a really great game and everything in between. And so I just, I I think that for the beginning of the school year, it's a nice way to uh, look at our own lives, which leads me into today. So I said happy Equinox, I'm going to say it again. It's It's time to think about change. And... Because, you know, the leaves are changing, or at least here in the Pacific Northwest. I know there's some places in the world where you don't see the seasons quite the same way we do. Um, 
but it did kind of provoke that thought of change once again. We have been talking about change, shift, resilience, response versus reaction for several weeks. And so it seems really suiting and fitting for us to now look at, you know, what do you do when you don't know what to do? And I'm talking about that really unnerving, overwhelming feeling of being in a space where so much is going on and much of it is difficult or challenging, maybe even downright painful, and it almost feels like you're in a tailspin, which is, again, that unnerving feeling. When you're in a tailspin, you don't feel like you have any control, and, and, and you don't. And ultimately, this is a great lesson in that, you know, knowing that you don't have any control over anything other than your response or reaction, if that's what happens. And I got to tell you, I, I, when I think about that feeling, and I've just been in it again um, in a big way where it just feels like big things keep dropping, balls keep dropping all around, and it's such an uncomfortable place. I know that you know what I'm talking about, and it's so uncomfortable that it can be downright painful. And think about that for a second. Think about if it's not happening for you. So let me back up a little bit. One of the reasons I'm talking about this on the show is not only because it's happening for me, but what I notice is that, and, and that it's happened for me in the past, and it's something I think it's interesting to talk about, I have a lot of students, family, and friends that are going through major shifts. And I mean like three or four major shifts happening at the same time. That's very different than one happening or having just the ebb and the flow of life. So we're not really talking about ebb and flow right now. We're talking about, which is essentially what I've been talking about up until now on the show. Now we're talking about <clears throat> major shifts and when it all is happening at one time. It isn't bad, even though it can it can feel so challenging and so uncomfortable and painful. It isn't that it's always bad. In fact, some of the best times of mine, over the last three years, I've been in major flux, and it feels like I have had more moments of everything hitting at one time than not. And and it's happened in the past, you know, like they say it comes in threes or you hear when it rains it pours. And for those of you that don't that English is not your first language, um, you know, these might not be quite as funny to you. Um, but the you know, I on the air I'm gonna say when the poo hits the fan. So when the poo hits the fan, when it rains, it pours. My favorite saying is from Ross on Friends so many years ago. And he's, he's he, Ross, as a character, tends to be a little in his victim place at times. Some of you might be laughing right now and say he's a lot in that place. But regardless, in this moment, I, he said something, and, and I think we all can relate to it. He says, why do bad things happen to good people? Ugh. 
I know you know what that feels like. And that's why even though he's kind of whiny and, it, and his whiny voice can be annoying, you can't help in that episode to just stop for a second and go, yeah, I do. I get what you're saying. And it is frustrating. And you can say all the things that are truth, and they're going to sound cliche, especially in the moment, but they're definitely true. These aren't necessarily bad things. They're teaching us something. They're moving us into the next space. They may be forcing us, or at least it feels that way, downright forcing us to face something in our lives that we don't want to face. And, you know, believe me, <clears throat> I, I'm one of those people that if I don't have to be in pain, I don't want to. So certainly it makes sense that, that the universe or that what is is going to show up again and again until I deal with it. So that's what we're talking about today is why do bad things happen to good people or or at least that that's how it feels in the moment and things, that's the important piece in that quote. Things, not do, why does a bad thing happen to a good person? Why do bad things happen to good people? And I mean plural. So those of you out there that are going through it right now, you're sitting there going, yep, I totally understand what you're saying. And those of you that maybe it isn't have felt it before. So what I want to do is open up the phones today and um, have people call in if you can. And 10 o'clock on a Tuesday, regardless of where you are in the world, it, it may not be a good time for you. And so feel free to just um, write kimtalkradio at gmail.com. Again, that's kimtalkradio, all capital K-I-M, and then talkradio at gmail.com. And we can discuss it at a later time, set up a time to talk about it, or um, if you, there's something you just want me to share on the show, I can do that too. Um, so going back to <clears throat> when the poo hits the fan, when it rains, it pours, why do bad things happen to good people, when it feels like the world is crashing around you all at once, what do you do? <clears throat> and again, I want to say, at least in my experience and from the experiences that I am hearing from the people in my life and the people that have responded to this earlier than today, it there, some of your best times can also happen in that space. So for me, in the last three years, just this incredible state of flux and much of it was chosen by me, meaning that I wanted to make different choices in my life. And in doing that, I had, I had to face a lot at once. And some things were in my control, meaning their decisions that I made, and consciously knowing that it might be painful to do so or definitely uncomfortable to do so. And then some of them weren't by choice and still have taught me an amazing amount of resilience and noticing how I feel in a moment. That's the big thing I've been playing with. So um, just to go back to the beginning of the show where I, when I said that I really do care that you check in with how you feel. When I ask you, how are you, I really want you to notice how you are. And 
do that as often as possible, especially in a moment when the world is crashing down. What is happening in your body? Because it can give you a lot of information. We've talked about that in previous shows. When you listen to what's going on in your body, it can help you perhaps make the next decision. If not, at least gives you information. So for three years, uncomfortable discomfort is a real challenge. I got to tell you, though, sometimes I really have been able to get to the point where it's funny. You know, um, I got in a car accident last week, um, car shopping, you know, plus being um, a mom and running my own business. I mean, it was just, it was a chaotic week and to find out that, you know, the route that I was going to go wasn't going to work. And then, you know, wake up yesterday morning um, and there's water all over my bathroom because my sink is linking, leaking. So when you're in that space, and that may not be that big of a deal to you, but I think you can understand just by the way I'm telling that, that it was one, it felt like one thing after the other. So just bring to mind a moment where that's happened. And just take a big deep breath in and out and observe what you remember happening in that moment. So again, we're going off of memory, which is, you know, good, not necessarily reality, but good. And just, what did you do? And there's no right or wrong answer here. That's what I want to do is I want to get the discussion going. This morning, it's so fitting. This morning, I happened to turn on Facebook and a friend of mine had um, shared the print saying, Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to get through this thing called life. Prince, the, the singer, songwriter. And I just find that so fascinating because... This show was what I was going to do, and that truly says it all. I that's what I'm asking in the in the show in, in general is that we're getting through this thing called life. We're all going through it, and we're gathered here. And I know that almost sounds silly. It's a Prince song, and it is a song I oh my gosh I used to love. In fact, I think that came out when I was in junior high, and I and I went to the Prince and the Revolution concert. Sheila E. opened up. It was fantastic. Sorry, a little aside there, but I do love Prince, and it is funny to me. It's also perfect for this moment. So let's talk about that for a second. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to get through this thing called life. So some folks, and even myself, can hear that as a negative thing. We're here to get through this negative thing called life. I mostly see that as a positive thing because we're gathering together. And as social beings, and like it or not, we are social beings, we need that connectedness, that gathering, that tribe um, to feel support. We don't need to go crazy and have the tribe run us or become mindless and just follow for no reason. Um, But getting involved in a tribe, preferably the tribe that holds a mirror to your face on the regular and says, you know, is this what you want to look like? Is this how you want to be? Even in 
a space of adversity or <clears throat> unrest. So we're gathered here. That's what I'm asking for. That's why I ask you to write in. That's why I ask you to call in. Your stories matter because someone will relate to it. And if not all of us, we may all that are listening relate to it. And it can be so incredibly helpful. And I think we see ourselves as insignificant that way sometimes, as if our stories don't matter. And maybe not all of our stories matter um, all the time to everyone. But I think when we're, when we're talking about these human things that happen, I mean, every adult, I would think, by the time, at least by the time they're age 35, if not younger, has felt what we're talking about today. And because I think alone in your teen years, you, even if, even if it's complete drama and you can look at it now and almost chuckle and say, oh, you know, that, that poor immature soul, at, in the moment, that's not how it feels. It feels as though your life is over or uh, how are you ever going to make this happen? You want to throw your hands up, curl up in a ball and go into the corner. We all know this feeling by now and it helps us relate to each other and in our experiences we find out different ways of dealing with it and that's a bit of what I want to get into next in the show before we go there though I just want to make sure that I revisit the guest call-in number it is 347 677 0699. So if you happen to be available and you do want to call in, it's 347-677-0699. And the email, if you can't do that because you're listening to this at a later time or you just can't do it right now, is kimtalkradio at gmail.com. kimtalkradio at gmail.com. Okay, great. Let's move on. So, Stepping into the discomfort. What, so that that's one of the things I want to throw out there um, in a way to not only deal with what's going on in the moment, but also to give you more information for next time and, and perhaps more information for a friend or someone else that's in need of some just good advice. Take it or leave it, but some good advice, something to think on. So what, when you step into that, so when you're in that space of everything's crashing around you, again, this is, that's why discomfort is almost feels like a little too small of a word. You want to use something more like pain. <laughs> when you're in the pain of it just keeps coming down, what is it? What, what is it in your body? Where do you feel it? Where is it? Like, is it is it mostly in your upper body, lower body? Do you feel it in digestion? Does your do do you hear your tummy more? Do you not want to eat? And what does your mind do with that information? Like, I've had moments where my mind just it runs into. I I I'll tell you, I'm on the street. I've I've lost everything. My daughter's hungry. I mean, I've gone. I've gone ridiculous places in my mind. And and so I'm asking you to just look at what, what your mind really does. 
No one else has to know this. You don't have to share this if you don't want to. I'm just sharing it because I want those of you out there that feel like your mind goes absolutely insane and you go to the most ridiculous victim spot ever. So do I. It it you know, it you just feel like how could it get any worse? And then, you know, right then, I got to tell you as soon as that question comes up, how could it get any worse? Why do bad things happen to good people? As soon as I get there, I notice that's when I go back into problem-solving mode. Mostly because I've had enough. I've had plenty of people in my life that have dealt with far worse and did it with such grace, even though they were really uncomfortable. And they had tantrums. They cried. They screamed. They used the F word a lot and felt like their whole world was crumbling. And and to me, I, I could second that it really was crumbling. That, you know, all of us, can ha we can all relate to that at, at some time. But what does your mind do? Does it go on this rant? And how does it get there? Because I think part of finding places where you can stop it and begin to problem solve... You know, I've, I I, I got to say, in interviewing, when you're interviewing for a position in a company, oftentimes you'll be asked the question, what will you do under this scenario? And it's usually a stressful scenario because they want to know, what are your problem-solving skills? How do you handle yourself in the face of discomfort, pain? And so it's a skill set that, you know, if you if you feel like what I'm talking about is just a little too fluffy, okay, let's be super pragmatic here. Problem-solving skills are what most jobs, most careers are made of. So when you know how you actually work under this kind of pressure, you're more... You're, you're more sellable. You're, you have more power in that because you can answer that question, for one, if you're in an interview. You also will know it about yourself. And I suggest that you write this down. I've talked about journals before. Again, they're notes for you. It's, it doesn't need to be a big, long spiel, and it doesn't need to be about how your entire day was. You just write down, this is what my mind does, and this is how it works for me. Um, and this is a skill set that I've learned from it. So we can we can develop skill sets in this practice that we are in, that we're talking about, that we're writing about. Um, so stepping into the discomfort, what is it? Where is it? Where do I feel it? What does my mind do in the moment? So I'll share with you, you know, an example, and it's um, relevant and recent, I was in a car accident last week, and it was a hit and run. I was hit from behind, and it pushed me into the car in front of me. And I, as soon as it happened, I didn't know what was happening. And, and the person behind me, again, it was a hit and run, left, and left before I really thought about, oh, let me look for the car, because I knew I got, as soon as I knew I got hit, I immediately went to that space of, so what do I feel? What do I feel right now? Where am I? What am I doing? And 
I had the wherewithal to, to immediately, I had somewhere that I was heading and it was important that they knew I wasn't going to be there. So I made that call because I knew I was safe. I checked around. It's like the car wasn't going to blow up, you know, nothing, nothing like that. Um, and I made that call and then I got out and began, you know, the process. Asked the people in front of me, have you called the police yet? You know, that kind of thing. And in that, I just kept noticing, like, what do I feel? And I, I can tell you, I didn't feel my feet very well. I had to think about that. And the adrenaline running through my veins, it was, it was a serious high. And when I say that, I mean, I'm not sure, like, you really get the, the, um, problem in an adrenaline rush and how decisions are made especially if you have a second. It's different when you have an adrenaline rush, like, you know, your hands are on something hot, you pull it away. Or you see someone who's burning and you put the fire out. You just do that because it's life or death in that moment. But I'm talking about when you get into the space where it's no longer life or death. It's not life-threatening in this moment. Um, feeling that feeling and knowing that maybe this isn't the best time for me to make big decisions, I think is valuable. Sometimes you have to anyway. And I want to talk about that, but I want to wait a little bit later in the show. So the other thing is that I, I noticed where I was sitting. And, and I thought about it even after I stood up. So it's like, okay, so when I got hit, I was seated, which means my hip flexors were flexed. My shoulders were a little bit forward. My neck and my chest um, probably got you know, thrown about a little, and I just was standing up tall as much as I could and feeling my feet. What was interesting is that the police officer came over and he put his hand on my shoulder and said, um, you know, and he'd asked me a couple of questions, and then he put his hand on my shoulder and he said, breathe, which I immediately, I just looked right at him and said, thank you. I said, and that's what I say all the time because, you know, I teach yoga and so I'm talking about breathing all the time. And I was breathing shallow which is, you know, part of an adrenaline response. And I was breathing shallow. And you can consciously, especially when you're in the practice of lengthening your breath and consciously breathing, you can change and calm your body more quickly than somebody who is not paying attention. And actually not paying attention, you might not calm your body at all until much later. And later in that day, I also felt like it was another gift um, when the woman I was talking to in my insurance company said, you know, do you need something to drink? You know, I do. I had three glasses of water. I was actually parched, but was still not present to it. And this is, you know, an hour and a half after um, the accident. You know, now I'm home and... I'm on the phone with the insurance company and I'm still not in my right mind. So my point in all that is is that, you know, I I teach being present, I, I practice being present, maybe many of you do the same thing, and yet we're not completely present because our minds are wandering all over the place. What just happened, our hormones and our nervous system have taken a hit and we 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 need to pay attention to what that does. So part of what I've done, you know, in the past with folks that have been in, you know, uh, car accidents and 
and including myself, is just being present, breathing, and just moving your shoulders back and forth a little bit with your breath. It's almost like you round your shoulders down and back as you inhale and you roll them forward, almost slouch a little bit as you exhale. It's not a big movement, so, you know, unless you're laying on the ground really injured, that kind of movement is probably okay for you. And I'm not even saying a very exaggerated movement, just letting your chest open up a little bit, letting your back open up a little bit. And right then and there, just feeling where you are is going to give you more information. So as soon as, you know, the car accident happens, then I had, you know, one more thing after another. It had to do with work. There was like several things actually that had to do with that. Um, And then I had some difficulties with, buying a car in a way I had not anticipated. And I then, you know, yesterday morning, like I said earlier, I opened up the, uh, um, underneath the sink in my downstairs bathroom and there's water all over the place. It, it That's where the point, it almost became funny. And I said earlier we were going to revisit that. I want to revisit... Um, situations where it where you feel like it's almost too much to handle and where you just break down into laughter. Let's do that when we come back. I'll be right back. Some statistics are surprising. Some are unbelievable. And some are simply unacceptable. Right now, nearly 30% of U.S. students aren't finishing high school. Nearly 30%. And that's the average. In many places, it's even higher than that. And fixing it is a responsibility that we all share. This is President Obama, and I urge everyone, not just parents, but friends and neighbors and family members, to take responsibility for encouraging the high school students in your communities, to support them, challenge them, push them a little, and do whatever it takes to help them make it through. Because this is one statistic we simply can't afford to ignore. You can do your part by going to boostup.org and sending an email, a text message, or even a wake-up call to a student at risk of dropping out. Go to boostup.org and provide the boost that's needed to make it to graduation. A message from the U.S. Army and the Ad Council. You're listening to Kimberly's Intentional Moment on blogtalkradio.com with your host, Kimberly Knauss, your spot to practice living in awareness. Hey there, welcome back. So I played the dropouts PSA again because, um, or public service announcement, because I, this is about awareness. The the show is about awareness. Thank you, Ristita DeJesus, once again for your, she calls it the Kim spot, um, because it's, it, this show is about living in awareness. And, um, we can't afford for our future leaders to not finish school, especially the part of school in our culture anyway in America that um, is free or can be free. We need to do whatever we can to help these kids become lifelong learners so that they, like us on you know all together, dearly beloved, that are gathering here, um, we are continuously making decisions from a place of 
learning, love, peace, therefore we're being vulnerable, which is a lot of what this show is about today. My goodness, this being in the space of everything crashing around you all at once feels so incredibly vulnerable. That's the pain in it. I mean, it it just, you know, I, I was with my boyfriend looking at cars and they want to run a, a credit report on me and, and I my credit is not okay due to um my well my credit is not where it once was because of my divorce and how things went down and you know and and it just happens like that sometimes when um you have a separation and i was embarrassed i didn't i didn't want to be thrust into a place where i'm i have to show him my weaknesses and yet you know having him sit there and you know just put his hand on my arm and say, you know, it's okay. I mean, it doesn't, it isn't who you are. Essentially, he didn't say those words, but essentially it isn't who you are. This is what's going on. And without us really knowing where we stand, we don't know where we can go. And, you know, that's the truth. The truth of the matter is, is that a little, the more exposed you become, oftentimes, you know, in the right company, um, and with the right people around you, which is why you always want to be thinking about who you have in your life on the regular, it 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 can give you more information, and therefore you can make a better decision, and even have much more joy in your life. And it certainly brings him and I closer together. I share that with you because I think any and all, even all of you, can understand how that could feel very uncomfortable, very unnerving when you just, that wasn't what you wanted to share and now it's all exposed and and um, and to the person that I just wasn't ready at all to do that with and it turned out okay. It turned out really actually quite well. Probably, again, brought us closer together. Certainly brought me closer to the place of, okay, again, you walk through the discomfort you walk through the fear and you end up in a space of love because you are practicing courage. So, having said that, I want to talk about in the moment of decision making though. So, I just shared with you, so we've had this car accident, we've had a few things happen at work that were, um, uh, or in my work, that were difficult and unforeseen. And then I'm car shopping and I'm all exposed in front of my boyfriend in a way I was not ready to be and in, and in front of, you know, a stranger who's the one that's helping me with the car. And, and then I'm asked to make a big decision. What? Like, are you kidding me? You want me to make a very big decision and I am so uncomfortable, I, I just want to come right out of my skin. I, I want to unzip my skin and strip, as Katy Perry says in one of her songs. Um, where, and I know that feeling where you just, oh, I just want to get rid of my skin for just a second. Um, and what what do you do? And honestly, for me, uh, it was just the moment where I needed to talk to my mom, who's one of my best friends. And um, I, and, and you know, it even sounds funny to call her my best friend. She's my mom. She's my best mom. She and I are able to really talk things through. And, you know, the first thing she said is, you know, we know you, Kimberly. You need to just 
sleep on it. You just can't make a decision right now. And, you know, and so I went back and I thanked the gentleman for his time. And then, you know, he didn't get all that pushy. Somebody else did. His boss did. But, you know, and that's always hard. And we all know that feeling coming out of a car dealership at times. It can be almost threatening (laughs) as you're trying to leave. But, you know, I just kept that smile on my face. And I was. I was very grateful that the gentleman, not the boss, but the gentleman that was helping me was so kind. And I really felt like he wanted to do right by me. And so if that's just salesman, well, then he's got it down pat. I didn't feel that way. I felt like it was genuine. And um, and I did. I looked him in the eye. In fact, I had sunglasses on, and I lifted my sunglasses up and said, no, I want to look you in the eye. Thank you so much for your time. I'm taking your card you are working with me. You have made this a great deal for me, and I just can't make this choice right now. And I'm glad that I didn't because I ended up choosing against that that particular direction and only because it wasn't right for me. But I have to tell you, should I and I will at some point want to look at that again, he would be somebody I would call. And... So it's it's and so I think there's a lot of lessons in that. There's the lesson in listen to yourself. If you really can't make a decision and you don't have to. There are times where it, you know, and again, we aren't talking life or death, but there are still times that are not life or death where you really do need to make that decision on the spot. You know, I I I guess if I had to, I'd just have to go outside, take 50, even 100 deep long breaths get as clear in my mind as I can and go back in I mean that that would be what I think I would do under those circumstances what I loved is that I called someone in my tribe this time it happened to be my mom but I called someone in my tribe that I know is only out for my best interest because my tribe is out for my best interest they love me I love them and get some some advice whether I like it or not. I wanted to make a decision in that moment because I wanted to move on. But in that, I actually was given a few more choices. My mom ended up finding out some different avenues I could go down in the meantime and shared them with me right then and there, which was also helpful in making the decision that I can wait. If the car is gone and I wanted it, it wasn't meant to be. And I, I I had to make peace with it in that moment, and I did. Because being under that kind of stress and making that big of a financial decision was not in my best interest. So um, thank you, Mom, once again, for uh, keeping me grounded and seeing the benefit in being grounded over, you know, making a decision. And I know that that can't be easy for her. I'm a mother now, and so I know that... You want to make any pain for your child go away as fast as possible, whether your child is an adult or not. I I really don't think matters at all. And still staying clear on the end in mind. The end in mind is that we make the best decision possible. And it's not just about getting out of pain in this moment. So I think that's also a valuable lesson in this, is coming to that space and being in that space again where you know what what are what are your choices what are you going to do 
So I want to invite you once again to write in kimtalkradio at gmail.com. I know that this is a difficult time of day for many people to call in live. Um, and I've, I'm looking at different times of day to do the show, but right now I need to keep it right here. And so, again, we can keep the dialogue going um, in email if we need to, and I can present it on the show in any way that somebody sees fit. And I can also pre-record a show. So if somebody wants to chat about something and it just doesn't work for you to do it live on a Tuesday, I don't want that to stop you from getting in touch with me because it it your story could be beneficial, your message could be beneficial. And again, like Prince said, we're gathered here today to get through this thing called life. So we want to do this together. Um, in thinking about this, once again, I want you to think about the times where it was really crumbling around you. Not just for this particular show. Not just the times that, you know, life is ebbing and flowing. The guest call-in number, and we have just a few minutes left on the show, 347-677-0699. Um, if you can call in today, great. And if not, you can uh, get in touch with me via email. So to wrap up the show today, not only do I, did I want to give you the contact information so that we can keep this going, I want to ask you to write in about different shows that you'd like to do, even if you don't want to be a part of it. So if there's topics you want to discuss in being in the practice of cohesiveness, understanding that we are all connected, uh, being in the, uh, a life of happiness, anyway, practicing love and peace anyway, and in a more pragmatic way, learning different skill sets in the practice that help us get through life, this thing called life. I want you to remember to um, think about reaction versus response in moments of this. So sending in the different scenarios that you've been in and then how you reacted. And, and if you can be that vulnerable and, and talk about, you know, how you maybe didn't do what you really wanted to do because you reacted instead of taking that deep breath and responding, that's helpful too because we've all done that and we'll do it again. We hope it isn't, we hope we learn something from it. We don't do it as often, but it does happen. And Resilience is about just that getting back up again, you know, starting again. Like I said, I get to a point where I ask the question, why do pe bad things happen to good people? Or, um, you know, what else could possibly happen with that feeling of total despair? When I get to that place, that's when I know, okay, it's time to go into problem-solving mode and move forward it's time or move uh you i mean moving forward is not the only way we can go we can move sideways we can move backwards we can twist we can turn we can get down and do a somersault as long as we're moving we are out of the box 
if we're out of the box, we're out of the coffin. We're not just dying or merely existing. We're truly living. And that is also a part of this practice. So what do you do when you don't know what to do? What do you do when everything's falling apart at one time and you're in the space of having to make choices and you don't feel that you're ready to make them or that you even should be making them? What do you do? Help us out. KimTalkRadio at gmail.com And in the rest of your time, I want you to be thinking about smiling. Remember, instant facelift without any recovery time. (laughs) Who doesn't love that? Makes you look 10 years younger. You look brighter. People want to get to know you. People want to help you out. People want you to help them out. Stand tall. Keep your sternum up, your heart center up towards the sky. I how I explain it to my students is pour cold water. Think of me pouring cold water down your back. You know, you stand up really tall. The only thing is keep your knees from locking. Standing up like that, a lot of people that are slouching takes ten pounds off of you. Again, no surgery, no recovery time, and your body will thank you. By standing up taller, by smiling, you change your hormones. You change your nervous system, your endocrine and your nervous system change in a positive way. So just by you choosing to be happy, you automatically will become more happy. And share this with anybody that you know. And you don't have to say that you're quoting me because I'm certainly not reinventing the wheel in any way. This has been said before. It'll be said again. Have a wonderful week. Talk to you next week.